and welcome to Blades Pod. It is Wednesday, the thirteenth of September. My name is Ben. On the line is Andrew. How are you doing, Paul? I'm very good, mate. No uh, defeat this week, so <laughs> indeed, yeah. Even even England, you know, they they won, don't we? Didn't we? Enjoyed so, it last night. I'm normally not bothered about qualifiers or certainly friendlies, but I did enjoy that game last night. I thought it was really quite open, and England were really good. Yeah, I think we should only play friendlies against like teams that absolutely hate us. I, I yeah, like I, I miss the um, U, Ukraine. Was it was that on Friday? I, I can't remember. Saturday. 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 I was very unmotivated yeah. to watch that. I feel like you know that was a diplomatic draw. I think I, I, we can't be beating Ukraine. That just feels very harsh in the mm. the current global conditions. It's a bit like yeah, kicking a small animal, really, isn't it? So um, yeah, I, I was. <laughs> I was more into this Scotland game, and uh, yeah, very, uh, very entertaining, exciting game. Jude Bellingham, mate, blooming egg. Yeah, I think you said to me, didn't you, that you can't think of a player who's uh, got as, as talented, at least anyway, in 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 your time of watching England. I'd yeah, so I feel like this is quite a bold claim, but I'd say he's the best all-round player mm-hmm. I've seen for England. In the I agree, I totally agree. Years totally agree. I've been watching. Um, yeah, which yeah, so it seems like a bold claim. The only one I'd lob in there is like early Rooney, that sort of uh, what was that Euro two thousand four, I think, that yeah. kind of period. Just someone who can do absolutely everything on the football pitch at an extremely high standard. I mean, you said he, you said he looked like Zidane last night. At times. Yeah, it really yeah, did. Yeah, it reminded me of Zizi. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> Zizi. <laughs> yeah. So that restaurant. <laughs> Zizu in it, not Zizu. What we're talking about? Yeah. Zizu, that's him. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, anyway, indeed. Uh, it is an international break. International break is coming to an end. We've got Spurs on Saturday. Uh, Premier League is resuming. So we thought it would be a good idea after four games of this season to run through some reasons to be cheerful for the rest of the season. And also some reasons to be fearful about um, what we've seen so far and we might, what we might see in the next 34 games. So we've played four games. We've got one point. It's not an ideal start by any stretch of the imagination. But I, I feel fairly upbeat about United, I think. So I certainly don't feel very doom and gloom about it, which is, you know, maybe, maybe it's a, a product of us having fairly low expectations, you and I, yeah. heading into the season. But, um, yeah, I think there are quite a few reasons to be cheerful as well as some fearful ones. So um, where would you like to start, mate? You, you, you obviously suggested a, a, a job lot of um, cheerful and fearful reasons. Any yeah, we'll, we'll start with cheerful and we'll end with the cheerful as well. So we do that. So it's all, it's all good. Um, I think the first thing I thought of, actually, when you asked me to do this was Fodringham's performances because I think... We were, I think everyone was fairly concerned anyway about how Fodringham were going to um, step up to the plate. He'd never played a number one at that level before. Um, obviously, you know, he, he, I wouldn't say we're a joke figure, but when we first bought him, no one ever thought he was going to be first choice. We were like, oh, we've just signed this kid who used to play for Swindon as third choice, you know. Um, and his performances early doors have been exceptional. I can't think of many mistakes he's done at all, and I think he, if it wasn't for him... But we've got a battering against Palace and Man City, and things could be looking even. I mean, obviously we've only got one point, but you know, if you'd have got an absolutely, you know, four nil against Palace and five one against Manchester City, I think with this podcast might not be quite as cheerful as it, as it may well be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think this is a this is a really good place to start. I think because he, uh, he he deserves he deserves some plaudits here, old Wes. Um, mm. 
I, I was kind of in the camp of like, I, I really didn't think we needed to sign another goalkeeper. I, I thought he'd, he'd be a, absolutely fine this season, Wes. But these first four games, as you said, he's been more than fine. He's been, yeah. you know, statistically the best goalkeeper in the Premier League at um, yeah. saving goals. So I'm just looking now, the uh, yeah, the expected goals on target uh, versus the amount of goals he's conceded. He is, he is top of the pile. He has saved yeah. us 2.2 goals this season. That's ahead of uh, Leno of Fulham and uh, Vicario, the Spurs goalkeeper. Um, so, yeah, that, that's absolutely stellar. He's, he's saving us. Uh, look at this now. If you do it on a per 90 minutes, he's saving us over half a goal a game, which yeah. is absolutely not his fault that we are only on one point. As you say, it could have been a slightly different mood if if he'd not played anywhere near as well. And... Um, Look, it's it's only a four game sample, so yeah, it, things could change. But I think as a, as a start, yeah, I don't want to say that's it. We've cracked it, you know. We, uh, I think, I don't know, Ramsdale, for instance, ended the season really well. But goalkeepers, it can change, it can fluctuate. You have a couple of bad games and gets into your mind. But I do think, you know, it was a, it was a, a a bit of a concern about is he going to be good enough? And so far, as you said, he's. He has genuinely been the best. All right, we're getting more shots against us. So you've got to have mm-hmm. a caveat for the why say so many. He's not as he's obviously not as good as Pickford or someone like that. But you, I don't think I, I think he's been pretty pretty perfect. You know, I think in front of a dodgy defense so far yeah. this season, which might, we might come on to as one of the weaknesses. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, with it just being a small sample size, we don't obviously it's. it's I wouldn't use this to predict that he's going to be like this for the rest of the season. But at the same time, you can look at those four games and go. Okay, well, after four match days, he has been the best shot stopper in the Premier yeah. League, and he yeah. deserves massive, massive credit for that. Uh, Aaron Ramsdale, incidentally, uh, with with no dog in this race, he currently sits twenty second out of twenty two goalkeepers for the he made trick. A, yeah, made a bit of a mistake for the uh, full, one of the Fulham goals, didn't I? I think mm-hmm. they two, two two. He came running out as he does. Um, yeah, I mean, he's a, you know, I think Ramsdale's obviously better overall, but. I, I, yeah, I'm all right with Wes. Absolutely fine with Wes. I, you know, I, I do think we could have done. I mean, we're obviously linked with Jed Steer, aren't we? I don't know how true that is. I don't know. I don't know if you can register players actually now. Is it today or the the 25 man squad has to go in? I think it is actually. Yeah, I'm sure. I've yeah, heard that. So yeah, so we're, we're we're to get a move But yeah. I think with goalkeepers, you do you can have emergency ones as well. So I, don't, I think we should be all right with that. But you know, I, I would like a, a a good competition for for Fodringham, but so far the least of our worries, literally the least of our worries. Yeah, is he's um I can't remember why I looked this up the other day, but he's also uh he's been pretty available, Wes. I know we we have this it's a bit of a running joke in it that like, oh he's, he's down injured again. He he has his his ta- <laughs> tactical injury every game yeah. or so, don't he? Which I'm I'm convinced is a, a deliberate ploy. Uh, just to get some instructions on, or uh, you know, have a breather. Apart from at Luton that time, which yeah, 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 I don't think was deliberate. But he, uh, he he plays most of the games. You know, I mean, I'm just looking mm-hmm. now. Uh, so the the Yukanovic slash Hecking bottom first season, 32 starts, and that was only you know that would have been a lot more if we hadn't messed around with um, Olsen, Olsen, Ramsdale, and Verips in the first Verips, part of the season. Yeah, yeah, he started yeah. 40 games last season. The only ones he missed were, I believe, because of two red cards. Have I got that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he, yeah. yeah, he wasn't injured. Yeah, and he's obviously you know full 360 minutes out of the first four games this season as well. So yeah, he's uh, he stays healthy. <laughs> Touchwood, um, and yeah, he's he's had a great start to the season. So that is definitely a reason to be cheerful. Um, yes. A reason to be fearful, 
I'll, I'll lob this one in because you touched on it already. The defence looking dodgy, especially Egan and Anel, who we need to be good if we're really going to stand up this season. Yeah, yeah I think that... I, I think I said it on the last pod that because everything's been all over the place with the midfield and the strike force, and we've literally got a new midfield, like a complete new midfield. No one would been in there, obviously, but... Um, We've needed the we needed the defence to be better to pick up more points than we've got, and we needed Egan and Anel the two out of the Egan and Anel and Baldock out of the five at the back. You're thinking those three are the most established. They're the ones you can hang your hat on, and they haven't. You know, I mean, Baldock's been decent. I think I think he was pretty, pretty poor against uh, who did he play last Everton. He said Birmingham, yeah. but <laughs> as we've seen since, he's probably wasn't fully fit as we touched on <laughs> as, we, as we suspected. Um, I think Egan and Nell defensively. And Nell's not been too bad. He's done some good things. But I've, I also think he's been not sound defensively. Mm. And that is a worry, that both of those two. Because we don't have any real replacements for them, I don't think, in the squad. I wouldn't want Basham coming in for a Nell. Not seen trustier, you know, the, the, as a centre-half um, in a central position. So we need them to, to step up, basically. Yeah, definitely. All it, incidentally slash interestingly, all three of those names um, have had various knocks going into this international yeah. break, and they it turned out that uh, Egan obviously came off against Everton, and he had a scan on his knee, but was absolutely fine. Started both both games for Ireland. Of course he did. Yeah, of course he did. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't, didn't play every single minute. I noted he came off after like seventy four minutes in one of them. Yeah, I, I thought you were injured. You like a tactical change. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Armad Odzic uh, took, took matters into his own hands to um, mm. it's caused a bit of an international incident actually hasn't he yeah uh, I refuse to play I think there's not I mean I don't know the full story with what's happening with Bosnia but I think there's a lot of politics at play there isn't there um, and, like yeah and I don't think the majority of fans are happy with the the Bosnian FA and I, I, he might be really injured I mean all I know there's a lot of worries and stuff I wouldn't be surprised at all I think I, I think he will start against Tottenham to be honest I'd be surprised if he doesn't, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just to sort of put a, put a bow on this, I suppose he, uh, he Armad Ozic took the decision not to like turn up for international duty or like told you know, the Bosnian FA, I'm, I'm injured, I'm not available for selection, I'm staying in Sheffield to be, you know, to, to rehab on it, etc. So um, yeah, as you say, there might be some politics behind the scenes on that as well. There was It was quite a pointed statement that Armad Ozic put out as well when it was a very much sort of, you know, don't don't believe everything you read or whatever was, was yeah, kind of the, the yeah. message he was putting out there. But yeah, so he had that, and Baldock obviously missed. Uh, was it the first Greece game? I, I, I didn't actually track how he, if he played in the second one or if no, he didn't. He hadn't played in either. No, okay. as far as I know, anyway. Like some might be able to correct me. He, he certainly didn't start uh, in either. Anyway, um, so that's pro- possibly more of a worry because we'd already missed him, obviously, um, against Forest. Yeah. He, Is it- he did, he, the yeah. story is he's got a contusion. Cont- contusion? That's a weird word. To say. Contusion of uh, of his calf. Yeah, which yeah. is, I mean, that's just a fancy word for bruise, right? He's got a dead leg. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's got a dead leg. Doesn't doesn't worry <laughs> me. But but the the, yeah. the point is, all three of those have had knocks, and maybe that's inhibited their performances a little bit. But yeah, I mean, I, I could flip this on its head as a reason to be cheerful, really, particularly with Egan. <laughs> That we we yeah. have such a body of evidence that Egan is good, uh, even at this level, you know. Like he he was, I thought it was good the first Premier League Premier League season, and I thought he was fine in a terrible team that second time round. Yeah, there's a lot of evidence to suggest that he's going to be fine. He's just it's just having a a shaky start to the season for whatever reason. Maybe as you say that 
midfield in front of him is um, you know causing some uh, uncertainty. We've obviously got a lot of a, a messy situation at left wing back where it feels like most of our goals have come from, like from crosses mm-hmm. from that side. Well, that's um, another one of my uh, reasons to be fearful is the left wing back situation. I don't know if you want to caveat, uh, if you want to uh, segue into it now, or yeah, yeah, in a second actually. Um, just yeah, like, I, I just want to say how bored I am of the Egan captain talk. Like this yeah. is this is one of my bugbears about football fandom, I suppose. Like I really couldn't care less who's the captain of a football team. I, I like. Uh, do, do you need your captain to be a, a like a, a leader? All the other players going like, oh, it's, how's Egan reacted to that? Is that going to affect my mentality? Like, it's just, uh, it's just, it's just an armband, right? It's a ceremonial thing. It's who I think it shakes used to hands be, with the ref. Yeah, it used to be a bigger thing. I remember I've told you recently I've been watching a lot of uh, Graham Taylor's old England game because I'm an absolute sad out. It's international break. <laughs> um, and I've been reading a lot into it. And um, I was watching a particular game. Daryl Linnickel, captain, obviously a striker. At that era, and there were loads of like debate on the on the panels and stuff before games going. Oh, should a striker be a captain and yeah. all this sort of stuff? And we don't get that anymore. You know, the goalkeepers are captains and all sorts nowadays. I don't think it's a problem Egan being a captain. I, I mean, I, I I don't know. I I, I, I listened to Simon Moore on Sheffield that way. A lovely man, by the way. Um, and he he would talk about how Billy Sharp went above and beyond as a captain, which I, I I'm not expecting Egan to do. You know, mm. in terms of Sharp. You know, he, he took people around Sheffield and he said, you know, this is where I live, this way he can get some good food, blah, blah, blah. You know, really went overboard when, when new players come in and stuff. But I think Egan, on the pitch, I don't know. I don't think we like captains. I don't think we... There's nothing to suggest in the last couple of seasons that we we like any sort of mental strength or professionalism. Ah, exactly. I mean, Sharp was one of a kind, wasn't he? Like, Mr. Yeah, exactly. Sheffield, yeah, I that's what I mean. I can't, you can't expect to match up to Sharp. Yeah, you shouldn't have to. A captain is, to me, a football. The captain of the football club is like your figurehead. Like, just, just don't be a douchebag. Basically, you know, be, be yeah. somebody who can represent the team well. Um, yeah. Like in, you know, in media or whatever, and don't do anything. And who's uh, England captain? Oh, it's Kane, isn't it? Sorry, yeah. I mean, he's attractive. Yeah. Someone who's going to be, you know, geeing up the lads. Yeah. Uh, just, and on, thing, like, it, it's not a situation where like Egan has. He, he, you know, Egan has the armband, therefore he's like the only one that's allowed to talk. <laughs> yeah. Everyone else has to just sort of shuffle around meekly and keep yeah. keep sort of checking in with him, like, oh, should I should I be should I be trying a bit harder, John? Like, can, could you shout at me so that I yeah. concentrate a bit better? I think it's just total nonsense. Like, and I, I think people say he doesn't talk on the pitch, and I just don't understand how you could possibly know that. <laughs> because, I mean, I, you know, it's 30,000 people there most weeks. So, um, and I, I remember fully. Uh, Basham saying when Egan came in, um, you know, he, he just co- constantly had a go at him in the middle of the game, you know, about mm. being out of position and stuff, and you know, you know, in, in the way that he should do. So he obviously does speak on the pitch, and yeah, I'm, just, I'm all, I mean, I don't think you played in the central, the centre role of a defence in a three without being a talker. Yeah, no, exactly. I just wanted to get that off my chest. Sorry, mm. so it is a talk about Egan. Uh, yeah, let let us segue to a, another reason to be fearful, and that is the left wing back situation. And it's, uh, mm. I don't know. Again, this is another one you could flip and say, well, maybe Luke Thomas is is the answer. I mean, that's based on yeah. about fifteen minutes against fifteen minutes, yeah, against one of the worst teams in the Premier League. I, um, yeah, because I've seen a couple of people, and everyone's entitled to their opinions. I saw like that's it, Thomas. That's that situ- That's that uh, place nailed down. Now it's like play for fifteen minutes. Let's not <laughs> against one of the worst sides in the league. But I hope those a, people are right. I hope he is the answer. Absolutely, yeah. And he were a promising cameo, mm-hmm. absolutely. And I, and I think just by the fact that he's got experience of playing in the Premier League at the, in that position, 
probably does put him above the rest of them with Norton Davis being out. Mm. Um, I don't know what to Max Lowe, um, how long he's going to be out for, but I think we all wanted him replaced anyway at the start of the season. I don't think any of us were too confident with him starting the season. Who knows what's happening with Norton Davis? You know, he's, he's going to be a year soon. And that, mm-hmm. you don't see many footballers out for a, a full year. It, I'm really, I'm getting concerned about. With a ham, you know, it was a hamstring injury. It wasn't like he did his career yeah. best as we know. I, I'm look, it can happen, but obviously we're scarred with the O'Connell stuff. And I don't want to talk about things that I don't know about, but it's worrying that it's been that long. I don't, I don't remember too many players being out that long and coming back. Um, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. And then LaRouche, who I don't think has been as bad as some people say, but I don't think he looks like he's nailed it down either. So it is a, it is a problem. And if, if Thomas steps up, great, that's it. We've sorted it. I'm all right with LaRouche or Lowe coming in for four or five games a season or something. But if he is, is just as good as Lowe, say, something like that, I think that's going to be a problem all season. Yeah, yes. Yeah, I'd say it's the weakest part of the squad, isn't it? Um, mm. From from what we've seen so far, and assuming that Thomas isn't like, you know, an all-conquering left wing back, which I, I, yeah. I don't think he will be. Um, yeah, if, if one of those two, Larouche and um, Thomas, could j- just be competent, I think that'll be that'll stand us in good stead because I, I feel pretty good about the rest of the team, like which we'll, we'll get mm. onto as a reason to be cheerful. But yeah, yeah. definitely. It's a borderline problem area, I think. Um, and to be fair, we have sort of taken some steps to address it, I guess. Um, yeah, with with Thomas coming in, so yeah, but I, I guess he'll probably start on Saturday, right? At Spurs, so that'll be. He has to, to I think. Yeah, minutes. I mean, Larucci took a knock. Um, by the way, Larucci's uh, declared himself for uh, Algeria, aren't he? I don't know if you saw this. I didn't know. Yeah, Very so nice. he's probably going to be missing in the African Nations if he's picked. Um, yeah. So we're going to miss him for. A, is it a month or something like that? So I think it's three or four games. So, you know, um, I imagine that... I think Thomas is definitely the first choice now. Just, as I say, simply by the fact he's got experience in that in that area. And you imagine him to be at least competent, which will immediately put him above uh, some certain performances that we've seen so far this season. Yeah. I wonder if he'll get in that Algeria team, Larouche's, um Yeah, his dual nationality was actually born in Algeria. So um, Yeah. 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 No, I missed that. So yeah. And I'm not writing Larouche off, by the way. I think it's a tough ask to come straight into a Premier League team, new country, new new league, best league in the world, and expect him to just to write that. Say, oh, he's brilliant, fantastic. I think he has to be really, really good to do that, and he's really young still as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for now, I'd much rather have someone who's been there and done it. Yeah, I guess so. Well, was while we're kind of finding our feet a little bit, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah. While the season's still live, he does. Uh... I did notice him popping up on some of the dribbling stats like around the Premier League old LaRouche so far. He's, mm-hmm. he's he's right up there in the sort of top twenty for um like progressive carry distance and stuff. So he's yeah, he's he's doing what, what we thought he would do. Like he's come as advertised, hasn't he? You know, defensively yeah. not amazing, uh on the ball quite decent. And yeah, I think he's he's been all right. But I imagine in the championship we had loads of possession and stuff. I think mm-hmm. we might be having a completely different conversation about him. Yeah, or you know, maybe a, a best case scenario the rest of the team stabilizes now that we've made all our signings and um mm. becomes half decent and yeah, yeah. He, he gets a chance to uh, playing a team that doesn't give up 25 shots a game and only have like 20% possession or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, should we do a reason to be cheerful? 
I yeah. think a big one is looking like we can score, as you can. Yes, I've got that one written down as well. Yeah, I think this. I think we both thought, I think everyone thought that we'll be solid at the back, but we'll struggle to score enough goals. And it's been the total opposite of that. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's, which is, it, I'll take as a fan, you know. And I think it's, it, it's just quite hard to articulate, I think. But I feel like, uh, I feel like if you're good offensively, and and bad defensively, that's like more sustainable almost than, than the other way around. Like, because football, some, you know, you make one mistake and you lose a game one nil. Like, you, you can be like absolutely incredible defensively, but maybe across ninety minutes, one opponent just hits an absolute perler from twenty five yards. It goes in the top corner, or yeah. your keeper just drops a cross, or one deflects, or someone gives away a penalty or something like that, and you lose one nil if you haven't got a goal threat the other way. Whereas yeah, I, I like the idea of having a team that can win games 2-1, I suppose. You know, we haven't had a clean yeah. sheet yet, obviously, yeah. but we have also scored four goals in four games, which isn't incredible. Like, it's not, you know... I don't think you can count that first one, though, because that's not the team, is it? You True. know, the Palace game with Osborne and Basher in midfield is not ever going to happen again. We've, um, only, we've only had one game with real forwards on the pitch, really, haven't we? Exactly, yeah. And I think it was a really good start. Um, and... Obviously, you know, under the Wilder season when we finished ninth, we did do we we, we did get by and did so well because of our defence. But mm. as we saw in the second season, it's it's so difficult to keep that up and keep exactly. you know getting those one nils and stuff. Yeah, I really do feel like we can create chances with McBurney, Archer, Hayman, and now McAtee obviously coming in as well. Mm. I think that's four players that well, obviously McBurney were there last time and, and we had McGoldrick last time, but I don't think we had anything like Hamer and McAtee last time we were in the Premier League. Mm, no, because we, we played in quite a, a, a... And I mean this as a, a positive, if you like, or not a yeah. slight, but we, we played in quite a rigid way. Yeah, robotic, like. almost like he goes there, he goes there. And it, it was the best I've ever seen any mm. team, genuinely any team, I think, because of like obviously we, we weren't the best team of all time, but more than the sum of our parts, in knowing exactly what to do and when to do it. It was just like perfect symmetry. We're yeah. brilliantly coached. But we didn't have that sort of, other than maybe Moose and maybe McGoldrick to a degree, we didn't really have that person who could just do something out of nothing. And I think we've got three or four now. Yeah, I think we tried to add that, didn't we? I think Callum Robinson, Luke Freeman, uh, am I missing someone? I feel like there was another, maybe even uh, Bernie to an extent. Yeah. Was... And, uh, Kind of brought in with that in mind, but Ravel Morrison. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do think in McAtee, Hamer, and Archer, like, yeah, there's, there's quite a body of evidence. All right, not at this level, but certainly the level below that. These are sort of almost certainly Premier League ready players, you know, who who have a bit a bit to prove. They're like, you know, Archer and McAtee are obviously toward a, a bit younger and starting on their their Premier League careers, if you like, but. Yeah, I feel I feel good about having those in my team. You know, I think they they can be exciting players where there's they're not total unknowns either. You know, it's yeah we haven't yeah. taken a punt on them. There's every reason based on how they've done in the league below to think they can be really good in the Premier League. Well, maybe not really good in the Premier League, but they'd be really good for us in the Premier mm. League, and that should make us have a better chance of scoring some goals and being more fun to watch I think so I think it's going to be interesting how we get them all on the pitch as well because mm. um, obviously all this debate about you know should Noah be dropped can Hamer play further back are we, are we stifling him by being further back I really really don't know we're going to have to try a few things out but mm. it's quite exciting to have 
those four in the uh, I mean maybe Bernie's not a creator or so but I think he, he probably is actually you know he when, he, when he's yeah when he's on a top form but but in particular Hamer I think and McAtee from a midfield point of view that's two players there who can get you a goal from nothing yeah absolutely um yeah, it's nice to have options. I feel like, I mean, look, we're probably, whatever team we put out, we're probably going to lose to Spurs on Saturday. Sorry, spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah. You never know. We'll get onto that in a sec. Uh, towards the well, end do you want to go for another uh, positive, actually? Because it sort of ties in. Is One of my other positives, uh, reasons to be cheerful, is the new signings. Mm. Um, I think, in particular, Hamer and Souza have been, you know, they look like really, really good signings. They're under contract. I, I, I'm not going to go over the Bergen and Die thing anymore, but. They were going to leave. I would have thought whatever happened at the end of this season. Yeah. And if we've got two people, the worst case scenario, we're going to get quite a lot of money from if if they do want to leave when we go down. If we go down, yeah. Um, and I think that's a real positive. And I think we 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 should applaud the club for that because we brought in. I think the midfield stronger now than it was last season. Um, I think Doyle, no, no, uh, what was it? So Doyle Berger and McAtee hmm. last season. And let's say this season we go Souza, Hamer, and McAtee. I think that's better. It's quite spicy, isn't it? Yeah, mm. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing that at some point. Um, yeah, I, I guess just having more options, like it, it gives us the potential. Like if we if we keep losing games, for example, it does give us the potential to be like, right, sod it, we're just stuffing all our good players into one team. Like, yeah, you know, we're, we're not we're not messing around with like a double defensive midfield of Souza and Norwood, for example. We're getting mm. all our talented players on the pitch at once and we're just going to wedge them out there and make teams worry about us for once. And yeah, yeah we didn't have that last time. I uh, I like having that option. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see mm. how it comes together. Um, and I think the other signings as well that we've made, I mean, Trore is shown little bits. It's probably a level too high for him right now. Not really seen much of Slamani. We've still got Tom Davis, whatever's happening with him. I mean, he's not playing any of them under 21 he must be injured if he's, he's not gotta be injured. Under and I know like Eckingbottom sort of hides all this sort of stuff, but the fact that he has hid this again worries me to a degree that it's probably a worse injury than it than it than it I don't know. I mean, we've not heard anything from him. He's not even been on I don't see why he'd be on the bench at Forest and then all of a sudden not fit enough to play on another twenty three game. Yeah. Indeed. Uh what was I gonna say? A another reason to be cheerful. It it has been a bad start, but it's not terminal so I went went back and looked through the recent Premier League tables teams who had zero or one points after four games and stayed up so my first look back was at last season Uh, none of the teams who had zero or one points last season stayed up so immediately for some reason I thought Wolves only had one point at this stage but Mm, I don't know if that was last season Um, yeah anyway I I looked at last season I thought oh actually that's quite alarming (laughs) <laughs> two, two years ago, Newcastle, uh, however, they were bought out by Saudi Arabia, so a possible outlier. Yeah. You go back three years, Burnley did it, uh, mm-hmm. although 29 points was enough to stay up that season. The year before that, three teams did it. West Ham, Burnley, Newcastle all had one or zero points and stayed up. And the year before that, Bournemouth and Palace, one or zero points and both stayed up. So it's not it's not terminal. We're not, we haven't dug. I don't want us to feel like we've dug a massive hole. I know there is that feeling of like a missed opportunity to get your first win with yeah. three of these four games particularly but it, it does happen that a team has a slow start and can still cobble together enough points so yeah go. reason to be and I think on, the, on that on that as well is that obviously the teams that you expect to be around us in terms of Luton Everton and uh, Burnley and even Bournemouth I mean I, I, I think Bournemouth will be fine but and even Wolves as well you know they've not I think Wolves have got three points Burnley and Luton have got none. Mm. Everton's got one. 
Bournemouth have got two. So it's not, you know, it's not as that like we're really playing catch up just yet. Yeah, I think true. that might change with the games we've got coming up. But you're know, <laughs> um, even in the bottom three as it stands. I don't believe this is what I mean. Yeah. So and I do think you can't. I think it's way too early to tell. But I think there are sort of nice signs in a way of loot and look a little. I thought Luton would be better. I thought they might mm. have got something against West Ham. Um, they they look a little, from what I've seen, they look a little bit out of the depth. Burnley have got hammered every match. Three really hard games, to be fair, but they've got absolutely hammered. Um, Everton, I think, are better than the points total suggest. Wolves have looked awful when I've seen them. And Bournemouth, again, have had a really tough start, but only got two points. So I think there's reasons to be cheerful with the competition as well. I don't think we... I think out of the three promoted teams... We, not just because we've got an extra point because the other two have played less games but we probably have looked the best so certainly we've looked the more solid yeah yeah I, th- I suppose not so. solid in a you know obviously we've been giving goals but we've not got hammered kept it tight yeah. That, it's yeah. three single goal defeats isn't it yeah we, we, we've made really basic errors for goals but Luton have got hammered at Chelsea and Bournemouth and Burnley have got absolutely all three games I think they've conceded some is it 11 goals in three games they've conceded so yeah, yeah so that, that's a reason to be cheerful as well yeah we've we've conceded less than uh, all of those uh, both of those teams and we've scored more as well so yeah, mm. that's, that's not too bad with um, having played a game more obviously yeah uh, what else have we got I've got I've got a reason to be fearful um, and it's set piece defending this is slightly alarming um, with the second highest expected goals against from set pieces in the whole league so we've opposition have created 2.6 xg from set pieces against us we've only conceded one goal from that so we've been pretty lucky to get away Mm. with that and um, I wonder if this is the point like we have to address this I think we can't I, I almost see like set piece goals against us, like free goals for the opposition, if you like. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. like you come on, you haven't even had to earn that. Like you've just you've just got that by being bigger or stronger rather than yeah. actually better than us. So this is something we're going to need to cut out. And I wonder if this is where uh, Mister Trusty ends up getting in our team eventually, which would be it would be harsh on Jack Robinson, who I think mm. uh, you sort of touched on it earlier. I think he has been our best defender so far, and one of our better performers overall, I guess, in these first four games. But there may come a point where we have to sort of say, like, mm, we need to we need to be a bit a bit bigger, basically, at the back. And maybe yeah. that's where Trusty comes in instead. I think what disappointed me with the Everton goal is that the, it comes from Sousa doesn't jump at all, and he's one of our biggest players. Mm. And then Baldock sort of makes a mistake as well. He's not the biggest player, but he's decent in the air. It, but yeah, you're right. I mean, just looking at the players, I, I didn't go to the City game, but it's different when you're live and you're watching it. Um, Man City and uh, Everton players just look huge compared to us. Absolutely huge. And it's difficult to defend that. And yeah, that's not something I probably didn't take in, take, take enough heed um, looking last season at, at teams in the Premier League about how much of a problem that are going to cause for us because... I think I even said that one of our main attributes might be set pieces this season mm. going away. And to be fair, we're crazy. You know, it's obviously them at Bernie, Bernie Edder against uh, Everton. Yeah. Um, uh, the, I think Anel had a shot against uh, Forrest that deflected a few times and could have gone in. We've created a few things ourselves, but yeah, defensively. I, I feel really sorry for Wes. I've seen a couple of people say, oh, maybe Wes should command his area more, but I don't think he can do anything because if he can run it out, he either gets there or it's a goal. And yeah. I, I, I think it really is a case of just the other teams being bigger and stronger. Yeah, and there may be 
it may be that just those two games City and Everton is is a bad combo set piece wise. Yeah, City obviously yeah. the elite of the elite, and Everton is a Sean Dyche team. Like they're, they're they're it's a very big physical team. Maybe when we you know have a run against teams that aren't those two, uh, it'll it'll change a little bit. But yeah, right now we've been bad at stopping opposition having chances from set pieces, and uh, and yeah, we we're. we're 17th on um, shots from... Uh, excuse me, this is from set play. Where are we? 18th from shots that we've created from set pieces as well. And 17th from XG that we've created from set pieces. So, yeah, I, I, I hope that those will creep up a bit, maybe when we're not playing Man City and Everton. But I don't know if that's just an excuse and actually we will just be bad at set pieces through the season. Yeah, yeah it's obviously... Sam will tell. I don't think Tottenham are an absolutely... They are a big team. They've got obviously Richarlison plays and They've got a few players. Um, and they are big, actually. Think about. It. I'm talking rubbish. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's going to be another tough one. Um, but on the, if you want to, uh, I get some right segues coming in uh, yeah, today. Another segue. The best defender we've got is set pieces, and the, and another reason to be cheerful is Oliver McBurney. Mm, who's had a it, excellent start. I mean, he's only played like a hundred and hundred five minutes or something like that. But yeah. yeah, he in those minutes he looks like he belongs at this level. Yeah, he's he's a, a a big deal for me, I think, in terms of being cheerful. Like, not only obviously he was incredibly unlucky not to score against Everton, but he has also created as well. I mean, I, I think he was like, um, again, super limited sample size, but I think he was like towards the top of the sort of um, like uh, expected assists per ninety so far in the Premier League because he's he's done really well at laying on chances for for other people. So yeah, I'm I'm encouraged by what we've seen out of him so far and. Yeah, hopefully he can just have uh, a run of games fitness-wise and pose a few more teams' problems. Because I, I don't know, I think... Yeah, I almost wonder if teams will be like, oh, it's this guy who was crap like the last time these were in the Premier League. We don't we don't need to especially worry about him. And he looks a far different player now than he did two years ago, don't he, or three years really, ago. I mean, like I said, you know, I said it on the last pod, who would have thought we'd have been... I genuinely think he's the most important player in the team because we've got no one else like him. Mm. Yeah, so um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see him. Uh, yeah, keep keep starting games. Hopefully, um, another thing that concerns me slightly, reason to be fearful. We've been the least effective pressing team so far this season. We've had the fewest high turnovers in the league, and all right, some of that's down to play Man City and they're dominating the ball and what have you. But yeah, that's I don't know. I, I that was obviously I think Heckebottom's touched on this as well. That was obviously a strength last season. We were probably the best pressing team in terms of winning it back high up the field um not a great start from us in that regard we we we've played quite direct like quite quickly we get the ball forward quickly but um the reason that was so successful last year is because we were winning it high up and you know springing with Njai or with Berger or with McAtee fortunately McAtee is back maybe having McBurney in the team maybe Archer as well that's going to make us more effective now maybe this is maybe this is one of those stats that changes completely now that we have a largely different attack on the pitch but um, yes it's a little red flag for me to start the season yeah obviously because we were so good last year second best in Europe is that right I've no idea. The Eki Bottom said that I don't know what he I don't know what he was I think Eki Bottom said it Um, (laughs) I'm not surprised because as you say the plays that we've had to put out in the early games I'm not surprised it's that low. You know, it's a big ask. And teams have more possession than they will have had against us last season as well. Um, but, you know, Sula, uh, Traore, uh, and then a, a fairly unfit Souza. Mm. 
and then before even Hamer only started in the second game to to just close down and press against these top quality sides is is, is really really difficult. I, I think that'll improve as the season goes on. To be honest, yeah, yeah, fingers crossed. Um, so you've you flagged this one as a uh, a reason to be fearful, but I, I'm gonna bring it up as a. Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit contrary to you on this one. You, you suggested that squad depth is non-existent, mm-hmm. and I agree with that statement. But I don't know how much this actually worries me because I, I think maybe maybe I'm being a bit um, uh, I don't know going going against the grain here, just like hot takey. But um, I feel like if we stay up, it, it's going to be down to the best players rather than our fringe players. And so, whilst it's obviously ideal to have a good squad with depth and competition for places, I don't know how much it's going to actually move the needle for us this season. I feel like if we stay up, it's because like five or six of our key players have had really, really good seasons. But I think that's talk fair. To me about it. Our, our squad depth on, uh, in the first season under Wilder wasn't great, but we managed to keep everybody fit. Yeah. And I think that's the difference this time. And I think People seem to think we've got this humongous injury list compared to other teams. And we actually haven't. Mm. In terms of, you know, the first team is out at the moment. It's actually not been that bad for It's not been that bad this, this year. year. If you look at the actual stats. 2023, so at, been, we've been all right injury-wise. Yeah. And if you compare them to other Premier League teams as well, it's not it's not that bad. I think if you look at the actual first team as we, we've got out, there's only Norrit and Davis, who I think could probably get into the first team. And he's been a long-term injury. Mm. But problem is, if we do pick up an injury to McBurney and we pick up an injury to uh, Egan and we pick up an injury to um, an L, a long-term injury where they're out three or four months, then, or even Wes, the, what I mean by the backup being non-existent is I don't think we can say Basham's a Premier League player anymore. We've got no real replacement for Egan unless Trusty can come in there or an L moves over, obviously. Um, and then we've got nothing for McBurney. And... I look at I looked at the bench against Everton, and and you see Traore coming on, and I just thought, you know, if we had just have had, even even if Jebison had been fit, maybe that that would have been okay. But you looked at the players every other team can bring on, and I don't blame this is I'm not blaming the board for this. We brought ten players in or something. I think to to get this right, we'd have probably had to bring fifteen, sixteen players in and done a foray. So it's not Spent it's not a really lot any- more money. Than yeah, we don't, it's than not we don't really have. anybody's fault this, but I do think the backup players. Are, are Maybe not in midfield, but I certainly think in defence and attack, the backup and goalkeeper, the backup players are quite a way off the first teamers. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I just think like for for a team of our a club of our resources, if you like, if if Wes is out for the season, like mm. I mean that's just I I don't see I don't know I, I just don't see how we would have afforded to have a decent replacement. If you like, same with Egan, like. If Egan misses the season or an L misses the season, well, we're we're probably going down. Like, and and that's just, I don't know. I, don't, I just don't see how we would have resolved that problem. Like, unless we were Brentford or Brighton in terms of, you know, having these this string of like unknown foreigners basically to just immediately yeah. jump into the team. I think it's one we, of those. We we've, we've got Slomani and uh, Troy, which we don't really know much about. I think I think I'm more, I think I'm probably based this more to be honest in terms of the forward positions. Yeah, yeah, the McBurney one stands out to me. For the sure. McBurney one and, and Archer. If those two don't play, we are back to a solo and Traore. Yeah, because obviously we don't know what's up with Jefferson, but he might come back. And and Brewster again is another long term injury. And it's not someone that I'm really expecting to. In the same way as Norrington Davis, I'm not really expecting him to 
not not feature, but to make an impact because yeah. they've been out that long. And I, and I, I do worry that McBurney has had a lot of injuries, and I think if he is out for five to ten games this season, I think that's probably going to be doom for us. You know, it's going to be that's going to be the clincher of us going down. Yeah, yeah. I think if he if he don't if he don't start like twenty eight thirty games, then yeah, it's yeah, it's going to have been a difficult season for sure. Yeah, I think we're just uh, particularly in this league, we're, we're just one of those clubs where like you just you can't afford you need your you need your key players on the pitch. Like you can't afford to have yeah. good backups to those if you like, or like good yeah. enough backups. Well, like I say, I'm not I don't want not a criticism at all. The club, you know, there's nothing. We we just we weren't in a great position coming up in in that sense in in the in the backup sense as we know with the money situation I think uh, a club with more money Burnley have they signed twelve or something like that but they're already coming from a fairly good position of strength as well yeah. um, and we just haven't had that and we've had to take punts and maybe Troy you know in, in a month I might be saying do you know what he's really stepped up and mm. we've now got three strikers that look like they can play at this level but right now. I feel like we're pretty stacked in midfield. McAtee, Hamer, Souza, Davis, if he ever gets fit. Norwood, uh, Slamana, we've not seen much of yet. He can play in there. And even Osborne, when he comes back. I think centre-half, we're a little bit, you know. But again, it, we only had so much money to go around, don't we? <laughs> yeah, I feel all right with centre-half. We've got three starters. We've got Trusty, you've got Basham as well. Like that's How many do you need? You know, <laughs> That should well, be enough, surely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. But I suppose right, you know, the, the fullback positions. We've got five thousand left wing backs, and <laughs> just and we have fit. got two. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, we've got two right wing backs in terms of uh, Baldock and and Bogle, who, mm. are, you know, both decent players at least. You know, I know Bogle had a poor end to last season, but he's not a. But he's probably a good replacement for Bogle that we could have with yeah. the money situation. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then you you'd picked out a couple of other sort of more long term ones, I think, which I we'll just touch on quickly. You had a, a reason to be cheerful. You suggested youngsters looking promising. And yeah, this is the players like, out on loan, isn't it? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm basing this purely on our blaster, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> but no, what I mean is by the youngsters coming through. I, I think it's great that I mean I, don't, I hope we've not uh, played you know with the solar having to play and stuff. I, I hope that's not been to the detriment. Of his career and he actually helped him long term mm. and Traore is another youngster and Slaman is another youngster Trust is quite young Blaster's young obviously I imagine he, if we go down he'll probably come into the team next mm, season I think so there's a lot of young players there which we didn't have uh, it, it, it's only sort of dawned it's only sort of crept up on me how many good young players that we've got where we can form a team and build going forward but yeah our blast boys is doing really well at Wickham as well but our blast is the one that stands out um Player of the month for Port Vale. The views were what I got from him in my loan update were absolutely incredible. I advise anyone to to check him out because I would like typing it going, like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people saying he's better than Deli Alley and Grealish at that level and stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. League one. And you know, I don't know what the contract situation is with, with our blaster, but if we do go back down and we have to get rid of Hamer, I wouldn't have thought McAteel will come back. Absolutely fantastic if he can carry on that form to come straight into our team. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's a fair bet he'll be starting games for us next season if we're back in the Championship, definitely. Um, mm. Marsh is another one as well. Yeah, obviously. I was about to mention, yeah. Yeah, he's obviously gone a lot at Doncaster, not started a game yet, but um, he's another one I, I think will come back next season and possibly be around the, the match day squad. And we, yeah. I, I, I like, you know, we, we the academy's done fantastic at well, considering it's not Category 1. 
I, I think you mentioned to me, we're just hammering teams now, like mm. pretty much most weeks um, in the academy. Um, and, and that's without all the people who have got out alone as well. And I think we're in a good position going forward in terms of the youngsters. And I think the worst case scenario we go down, even if you have to lose a lot of our better players, we've still got the makings there of a team that can, you know, we can go forward with. Yeah, the uh, under twenty ones um, again are pretty youthful. Under twenty ones, I think Slamani was the only. Uh, let me just just quickly refresh my memory. I, th- I think Slamani was the only sort of serious first team contender uh, in that situation. Yeah. So there weren't even like Andre Brooks or anyone like that playing, um, or a Sula, obviously. Yeah. yeah, they hammered Cardiff six two yesterday, and uh, all right, I think Cardiff had like a really youthful team out, but it was just. Teams at this level must just be like absolutely sick of us not having category one status. Like, <laughs> this is just surely because yeah. we're essentially playing, I, I think this is right. I think it's like we're essentially playing like the third tier of academy football, but um, with no scope to be promoted for footballing reasons. Like, and so I don't know, can we just get every other team to have like a whip round to uh, to fund category one status for United's under 21 so that we can start? Climbing yeah. up and playing against some slightly stronger opposition, I guess. But um, yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah. always nice watching the youngsters completely wallop other teams, I guess. In it, yeah, can't read too much into it, unfortunately. But <laughs> you, you'd rather see them doing that than the alternative, I suppose. So yeah, good shout. Uh, a, a reason to be fearful, uh, which I think is maybe this is a good place to kind of sign off. Um, no new owner on the horizon. And who boy yeah. is there no new owner on the horizon? And um, yeah, yeah, who Betis, knows? Betis's interview obviously happened uh, since we last recorded. Mm. Um, yeah, and he says like, you know, there's there's nothing, you know, I don't, I don't know what's happening. So I'm not going to nick off the club's uh, impressions <laughs> of it better than doing it to me somehow. So surprised uh, by the lack of interest, I think he said. Surprised by the lack of interest, yeah. And he said, I don't know. I would admit right. that in a public forum as a you know as a CEO of a business, if you like, <laughs> yes. like I can't sell this thing for love no money. But I'm trying to sell it. You, no, but... Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that I mean, because it is a lot. I, I think we, we've we've stuck up for the prince most time since we've been doing this podcast, uh, particularly after the wilder stuff. I think he's made some big errors um, in the past twelve months. Um, and I don't think he's a terrible owner. I've said before, he's not a Chancery, he's not a an Oyston. There's you know, he's, there's miles worse owners out there. But we can only go so far with him, and I think everyone accepts that. Um, we can't. The, the best we can hope for with him is probably being a yo-yo club, which is fine. You know, that, nothing wrong with that. It's better than we were ten years ago. But if we want to progress, and every club wants to progress, we absolutely need a new owner. We can't. He just hasn't got the money, unless he gets investors, obviously. Yeah, now we 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 gambled last season, and uh, yeah, we and don't want to be doing off. that again. <laughs> no, we yeah, if we if we didn't get promoted, I I just don't I, I don't want to think about it. Like we couldn't pay suppliers, like God knows what would have happened. Um, mm. Yeah, so a, a yo-yo club would be great, but I don't think he can even afford that as it stands. I mean, a yo-yo clubs harder to do. That people say yo-yo clubs. There's not really that many yo-yo clubs, you know. Yeah. Mm. You, Sort of Bournemouth went down and came back up, but that's happened. They've come, they've had one promotion in 10 years or something like that. And it's to say, I think Fulham have had two promotions in 10 years. Not often teams go up and down, up and down, up and down in the way that Norwich did for a couple of seasons. It's, it's really difficult to become a yo yo club. Yeah, I, uh, I think it's more about being good enough to bounce straight back and to, to yo yo straight back. Yeah, I think what Norwich fans and we weren't last time. Norwich owners, I think, sorry, say that they want to be one of the top 26 clubs in the country, which yeah. got a lot of stake. But I do know what they mean by that. They want to 
be always competitive in the championship and then when they go into the Premier League you give it a go and probably come back down and I think that's the best we can hope for right now and we all want this club to be better than that we all want our club to be doing what Brighton are doing or something like that but it's not going to happen until we get an owner with more money yeah, you either die a hero or live long enough to believe that Norwich's inane top twenty-six <laughs> comment actually had a lot of merit to it, and that seems to be where we are. Yeah, um, that's it. That's it. Well, let's let's round that off there. So there's plenty of reasons to be cheerful as well as fearful, yeah. and we've got Spurs this weekend, which is a a tough game. Although small crumb of comfort, Spurs mm. have been overperforming at both ends of the pitch so far they have outscored their xg and they've also uh undershot their xg against so they've they've been good they're second in the league um they've they've undoubtedly been one of the best teams through four games but they're possibly not quite as good as uh as kind of everybody's sort of anointing them at the moment and i don't know is this is this an opportunity to go there and like steal a win at spurs imagine that it, it, really odd with Spurs. I was thinking back at this last night, actually. We have a decent record against them uh, in the top flight. <laughs> just since I've been going. Been last season as well. Just, just yeah, we beat them last season. Um, we, we lost twice in the COVID season, but, you know, everyone knows that didn't count. It's a fake yeah. season. Um, we got a really good point away uh, under Wild in the first season. We beat them at home. Again, you know, behind closed doors. And then even going back to the Walnut, we beat them uh, at home under Walnut. Uh, Holson Jags scored, I think. And then even going back to the, the 90s, we beat them 6-0 once. We, we beat them at White Hart Lane, I think, in that same season. I remember us beating them at home, Brian Dean getting a couple. They're not, it's bizarre. I think, considering how good of, how big of a club they are and how, you know, people might laugh and say they're not one of the, you know, Spursy and all this sort of stuff, but they're always at least top 10. Mm. We actually have a really good record, so I don't really fear them as much as, like, other teams, which it might not be not the right thing to do but <laughs> I don't think they're as good as their the table currently says anyway but I still think they're good and they're yeah, yeah. very confident looking at the view mm. from a few quotes and but a lot of them are just saying like it's the first time in years they've actually looked forward to going to uh, what's it called the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium um, it's, it's the first time for ages they've actually looked forward to watching the team because normally they're dreading like by the time it gets an international break they're all already worn out <laughs> I've had enough of Tottenham uh, but now they can't wait to get back so I think it's going to be a really good atmosphere uh, from their fans because they're really up for it but as you say you never know do you I, 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 we nearly got a draw against City so we can certainly do it against Tottenham yeah, now there, I've, I have no doubt that the vast majority of Spurs fans will be expecting to blow us away, um, and this will be seen as like a, you know, maybe they can. I, I don't know when Man City play this weekend if they play on Sunday or what, but they might they might be looking as this like we, we're going to be singing we are top of the league at full time. Yeah, yeah. But this, I don't know, we, with the team that we're going to put out all being well is is pretty different to the one that played the first three games anyway. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to this. I've got a ticket. I, I got lucky with the. Um, with the ballots so the system all right, works. All right, mate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. My first away game uh, of the Premier League season. In fact, my first Premier League away since I last went to Spurs, I believe. In that, um... it's all. It's interesting. Yeah. 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 Because uh, yeah, obviously, lockdown happened, didn't it? Um, yeah. I've yeah, not had many opportunities, but yeah, great stadium. Really looking forward to going back and having a. Yeah, few few drinks beforehand as well should be. Yeah, it should be a class atmosphere. I mean, yeah, probably uh, the majority of Spurs fans and neutrals will expect them to, yeah, absolutely smoke as I imagine, and you know, cement their place at the top of the league. But 
You never know, mate. I'm, I'm, you know, quietly optimistic. We can, we can maybe cause a little upset here, get away with a point, or maybe even three. That'd be, that'd be quite amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, like I say, it's a game I'm looking forward to because it's uh, there's no pressure on us. We lose, well, but it's Spurs. You know, it's yeah. not like I'm quite nervous against Everton because I think mm. if we'd have lost that, that could have been a real. But I mean, a point's not fantastic, but. At least we didn't lose it. We got we got off the board. Um, no one's going to expect anything against against Tottenham. It's going to be really difficult, mainly because of their confidence levels. I don't think they'll. I don't think they've been. I could be proven wrong here, but I don't think I've, I've seen nothing in terms of the team to suggest that they've improved that much from the Conte era. But I think they're on a high, and confidence is massive in football. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, Son seems to be on fire again after. a couple of dodgy well I said dodgy seasons I think he's still getting like 12 to 15 goals but you know he's not he's not been quite as uh, quite as on form but yeah it's going to be a really a really difficult game but again this is this is why you're in the Premier League best stadiums nothing to lose and you're up for an upset it is get, uh, get the first goal and send a few jitters around that stadium yeah. you know of, of the uh, same old Spurs sort of thing yeah right? Spurs in it again yeah, but yeah exactly. I'd like to say we, we've got a good record against them so let's hope that continues mm, yes please yep looking forward to it um, well one other thing I just want to mention uh, David Brooks scored for Wales the other night um, yes excellent Yeah, what a story lovely to, he got his yeah. first Premier League goal last weekend as well uh, as in the last round of fixtures um, since his diagnosis so yeah absolutely amazing I'm, I'm proper made up like even when he was you know his first game back in like the the under 21 sides and stuff it was like this is a really uplifting story yeah mm-hmm. awesome to see him get his uh, get his career back on track um, right mate well, uh, well we'll round up there anything uh, what do you want to plug you've been you've been busy gathering views yeah got loan views uh, again like I say I'd check it out just for the Arblaster view which is fantastic and uh Former players, um, which I weren't going to do because I was, you better not do one and die. And I was like, oh, look at him die. He's doing rubbish. Uh, I think he's, uh, I feel a bit sorry for him personally. <laughs> I know people might not agree with that, but he, he seems like he's just trying that hard that it's affecting his game. So, yeah, uh, but yeah I think you've got Endai Burger and, and Ender Stevens doing all right. I think you've got a nice little start on Ender Stevens, actually, haven't you? I did, yeah. It's, it, <laughs> this is so stupid. This is like, there's absolutely no reason why this caused me as much joy as it did. But Ender <laughs> Stevens played exactly 17,500 minutes, league minutes for Sheffield United. I just thought, what a, what a delightful round number that was. So. Lovely stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, before I forget, I'd like to say shout out to Donna at uh, Graves Leisure Centre. So I keep saying I'm going to do it. She might not let me go swimming anymore if I don't. So, yeah. <laughs> did she tell you to stop being so miserable on this as well? She did. When we, uh, when we were being particularly miserable, after we sold Berg, she's like she listens to us too to cheer her to cheer her up, and uh, obviously we were even more that way, yeah, made her even more sad. So yeah, apologies to everyone. Uh, <laughs> we did that too. Uh, you had things your... are looking better. Things are looking better. So they are. I feel like we've been pretty upbeat. Yeah, that's, that's the international break for you. Um, <laughs> your social media roundup came out for the pinch as well. Oh yes, a long one like War and Peace. Yeah, <laughs> uh, one thousand seven hundred words or something like that. Really enjoyed doing it actually. Um, they were, they were quite difficult because they, I left a lot of stuff out because it would have been that long. It was just bizarre. I, I've never. I don't think we've had a preseason like that in my lifetime. No, with the ups, with the ups and downs and everything. The highlight for me, um, and it, it was when it happened as well. But um, the Shoreham View video of oh. the, when the Crystal Palace team news comes out. So I think it's, it's is it Ben? 
I think it is. Ben, that's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you've done a, essentially a frame-by-frame analysis of him studying the team news for Crystal Palace, which is it's, it's worth reading um, Yeah, Roy's social media roundup just for that alone. Really do recommend it. Um, my latest edition of Women of Steel went out yeah. this morning, so um, that is the newsletter. Oh, read. what's the highlights of this game last night? Crying out loud. Uh, Bad finishing. What's... Lost to Blackburn 2-1, obviously, on Sunday. Um, I only saw that I were out Sunday, so I only saw the result. I saw we were winning 1-0 after like a minute, and then I mm. saw that we'd lost. Oh, some of the finishing. <laughs> I just can't believe some of the chances. That... Manager, they missed a fantastic chance as well, where she went around the goalkeeper. They did. Um, yeah, latest newsletter is the story of that defeat. Um, so it's match report and some thoughts. There's some... Yeah, there's some some good bits. They've not had a good start, United Women. Mm. One point from three games. So the, the wait goes on for a Sheffield United win this season for men or women. Although they played the bottom side, Lewis, at home this weekend. Um, so that is a, a great chance to get that first win. Um, but there's, there's some good signs there. It's just they keep passing the ball to the opposition like in their own <laughs> box. Like three out of the four goals that United have conceded this season have come from them just going, here's the ball, under no pressure at all. So, yeah, you feel if they can stamp that out, they'll actually climb the league quite quickly because there's a lot of... There's some good parts to this team. Isabel Goodwin, man. I'm I'm really enjoying watching her. She, like... Yeah, she's a 20-year-old striker who's just, like... She's she's got her first goal in this game, but she just seems, like, a lot faster and more skillful than most of the defenders. She's, She's basically running past, so... Yeah, I think they found a good one there. I'm excited to see how she... Yeah, yeah and I hope we keep hold of her keep older as well given obviously now we're professional um, and full time and what have you so obviously we lost a lot of players due to that didn't we so yeah it's uh, we might have struck gold there she was a um, she was a Villa last season they're obviously in the WSL and they've um, they've like loaded up in attack they obviously brought in uh, Rachel Daly and um, Jordan Nobbs mm-hmm. as well last season I think they've signed another good striker over the summer from Bruno um, so she basically reached a sort of mutual termination of a contract and dropped to Coventry in the championship last season and that obviously expired in the summer and yeah Villa's loss might be United's gain I'm um yeah if, if United could just defend a bit better I think she might get enough calls for us to to climb up the league and then you never know but yeah hopefully um hopefully a first win this weekend on Sunday they play at uh, the worst part by looking at Sheffield Wednesday ladies um uh, and I think they lost 3-0 to Oh, did they lose to Kiverton? Is it Kiverton? Kiverton. Yeah, Uh, lost three nil to them. Uh, I think they're like tier seven or something like that. I didn't. To be honest, I didn't even know they had a women's team. That's that's. It must be quite a recent foundation, I guess, unless it's super amateur, I I suppose. Because yeah, there's uh, there's not much competition in this in this region for sure. But um, yeah, that's Women of Steel. It is womenofsteel.substack.com. It's a free newsletter. You can just go and read it without subscribing if you want, or you can subscribe and then uh, you'll get it in your inbox every every week when I write one. Um, yes, yeah, that's it, mate. Uh, we'll wrap up there. Uh, I'm looking forward to Spurs, as I said. We'll catch up after that. Hopefully, uh, more points for United's men's team, and let's get a first win for United's women as well this weekend. And yeah, um, I'm waiting for that first like Sheffield United double, mate, where both men and women's <laughs> team win. At the same time, you never know. This could, weekend, this could weekend, be this weekend. Let's go. All right, mate. Well, yeah, that is uh, that is at the pinch for your social media roundup and Roy's view from dot com for all the latest views. I guess you'll have the Spurs one out what Friday tomorrow. 
You a Friday morning that'll be out, yeah. Right uh, very confident set of lads and lasses. Of course they are. Um, but let's hope we, we spoil the party atmosphere there. Mm. And uh yeah, follow you at Panchero on Twitter, follow me at Blades Pod and uh yeah, that's it mate. We'll uh we'll leave you there. Uh thanks as always for your time, appreciate it, and uh yeah, I'll speak to you soon. Thanks a lot, mate. Cheers. <laughs>